Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. really talks about a, a, a journey in life here on earth. In John 17, he said, I send them. I do not take them out of the world, but I send them into the world. But he said, I've not lost any, save for Judas, the son of perdition or the son of sin. Now, I want you to know that Jesus hasn't lost any sense. But there is something that is required of each and every one of us. I want to read a few verses here. So I get to my first page. Thank you, Lord. Might be missing a page, but that's fine. In verse 1 of chapter 3 of Hebrews, said, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostles and the high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful all, also of faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded of some man, but he that built all things is God. I just wanted to go over here to Colossians and uh, and and chapter uh, in chapter one verse fifteen it says who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in the heavens, that are in the earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, um, or principalities or powers, all things were created by him. And he is before all things, and by him all things exist. I want you to know something. Jesus is the creator of all things. And, and what the writer here is saying is that he is superior even to Moses. But he's going to go on. But I think when I think about Jesus in Isaiah 26.3, he said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth thee. I'm going to tell you this right now. We're living in an age. We've really got to begin to look at Jesus. How many know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Times will change, and we've seen some big changes. But we cannot put our eyes on the, 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 the turmoil uh, that is beneath us. We need to keep our eyes 
upon Jesus. In Psalms 40 and 17, he said, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord uh, uh, thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. I, I think of this. I'm going to read it again. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Uh, thou art mine help. I want you to know, is he our help today? Is he our deliverer today? Is he the one that's responsible to see this thing through? Amen. Do we trust him this morning? You know, the psalmist says, I am poor. In other words, look, if I look upon myself, we're doomed. Think about that. If we're looking on ourselves, we, we're doomed. But we don't look at ourselves. We look at Jesus. He's the author. He's the builder. He's the finisher. He's the shepherd. He said, "I if one goes astray, I leave the 99 and I go for the one. How many know he's faithful? In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he i'll tell you something right now we need to be careful what we think we need to be careful what we think it's easy for the devil to move in and try to steal your mind but the bible said let this mind be in me which was also in christ jesus how I many know that's an invitation he said that jesus is the renovator of the mind and, and what happens is when we come to the Lord with a carnal mind, he said the carnal mind is an enemy of the spiritual things. So the carnal mind will war against that which is spiritual. And that's what you have that can happen in the church. You get somebody that is in a carnal way of thinking, and they'll begin to war against. I think of Miriam when she said about Moses, who does he think he is? He's my natural brother. You know, the, you, a lot of times your, your greatest uh, uh, problems come from your immediate family. Amen. Because they know you. You know, that's what they said to Jesus. They said, D don't we know your brothers? You know, I remember one of them broke my window. I'm just ad-libbing here a little bit, but probably in memory. Isn't this? And didn't you guys live? Don't you live up on the hill there? You know, I mean, you know, I, I think there's been some trouble and all that. And Jesus looked at them and he knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to bring him to the human clan. And Jesus says, no, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? Who's, who is my father? But they who do the will of the Lord. Amen. There is that which is natural, and there is that which is spirit. And, and I'll tell you right now, you cannot serve the Lord except for in spirit and in truth. Amen. And, and, and that is the thing that we need to understand. We need to consider Jesus and know that he is the great teacher. I've heard people say, well, you know, Jesus was the great teacher, but everything he taught is, is, is no longer uh, valid today. You know, we don't do miracles. We don't pray that the dead would be raised. We don't, we, we don't do those things. Well, why would Jesus spend three years 
teaching us how to overcome the enemy, how to cast out devils, how to, how to trust God, how to see a lad's lunch become enough to feed a multitude. Jesus taught us how to walk in the Spirit. You see, but what happens is we come in with a carnal mind and we think everything is carnal and we measure everything by the carnal and we excuse and push away that which is supernatural. And I want you to know, I believe that there are great supernatural things coming to the church. It's happening through the world. People are being healed. Amen. One of the greatest supernatural things that happens in the church is salvation of a soul. Because the Bible said the devil blinds their eyes from seeing. And only God can open a blind eye. Amen. And that's a miracle. And you're a miracle here today as well. I, I want to read a little further here. Five and six. Says, and Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and, and the rejoicing of, of the hope firm unto the end. Let me tell you something now. You've begun a good journey. We need to hold it till the end. Think about that. We need to hold it till the end. We need to believe. And because he's going to look at a parallel here. He's going to take a, a something out of the Old Testament to teach us something that we must learn and understand in, in this time that we live. But when, but then we are told, and we are his house, if we hold the confidence and the, and the pride that belongs to hope, if we keep our faith in Christ, then it shows that we are his house, his people. He, he um, this is the general statement. It is not taking, uh, thinking about whether a person can leave for a time and then come back to Christ. And the, bo the book is written so that the people will not leave. It encourages them to be dil diligent. You know, we need, I've made up my mind, I will serve the Lord. And I hope each and every one of us here have that same thought. The Bible says in the last days that many shall, shall depart from the faith. I didn't write that. The Bible did. He said, it says many shall depart from the faith. And, and why is that? Because of the, the signs of the time. There, there'll be people that they come in with, with an idea. I'm going to go to church, and, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to expect God to do his thing. And you know something? God never has a turn. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, if he deliver us from this fire, he is God. If he decides to allow us to be consumed... He is a God. How many know we belong to the Lord, body and spirit? And we have to say, Lord, not my will. Jesus said that in Gethsemane. Many of us have had to live through and will live through a Gethsemane experience. 
It's a time when we feel alone. It is a time when we feel the weight and we go before the Lord and we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I think of Tyndale as he was burned at the stake. He said, Lord, that one that a word that I would speak would make a difference. He was not spared from the stake. He was not spared from the flame. But he prayed that the king's eyes would be open. And we have the King James Bible today because of the endurance of a man called Tyndale. One that was willing to, to, to go to that stake and be burned that you and I might enjoy the word of God in a language that we can understand. You see something, we're all here today because of the saints that have gone before that have said, Lord God, I seek a better way. The cross is so important today. The preaching of the cross. And what we need to understand is, is as he said, and I've said before about the man who came and said, I've kept my, your, your, your laws since my youth. And he says, well, you've said, well, I mean, that's amazing to me that he had such a testimony as that. You know, Jesus wouldn't say, oh, you liar, you fibber. He didn't say that. He said, you've spoken well. He said, but there's one thing. How many know God always wants that one thing? And he said, oh, Lord, not that. I mean, you know, let me have something. God says, no. In fact, the apostle said, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. But he said, this one thing. He says, take all that you have, sell it, give it to the poor, and then come back. And take up your cross and follow me. You see, that's a message that doesn't make us warm and fuzzy. You see, and, and this is what I say. We, we keep the cross behind me as a reminder of the sacrifice of Jesus. You'll know there's nothing on that cross because he's risen. But when I look at a cross... What is a cross in your life? A cross is when the, 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 the vertical will of God intersects with the horizontal will of a man. There's your cross. When your will crosses his will, and yet you yield... To the will of God. That's a cross. And so what we need to understand in that is, is there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. He said, but that way will always lead to destruction. There's an old saying that says that life happens while we're making plans. <laughs> You look back on your life and you say, surely that's not the way I would have mapped it. We need to get one of those little golden books that says, and they lived happily ever after. You come to the Lord 
And you think, well, you know what? I've, I've, I've left the world. I've left Egypt. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. And everything ought to be wonderful. But God says, no, I've got better things for you. And those things will bring you through the fire. In John 1 and 12, it says, But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let me share this with you. God created us as humans. If he wanted you to be angelic, he would have made you angelic. But he made you a human. And then he came to earth and he became human to teach us how to be human. Not steeped in sin. And where did that journey of Jesus take us? That's where it took us. He said, he that seeks to save his life will lose it. But he that will endure the cross, he that will lose his life for my sake, he said, the same shall find life. See, greediness, envy, all of those things are the work of the flesh. And the things that you fear will come upon you. That's what they said about Job. The thing that he feared came upon him. But Job learned a lot of valuable lessons through his losses because not only did he learn lessons from it, but God restored everything double what he had lost. We go through things. We look at the economy. Oh, my Lord, look at the stock market. Look at the, they say there's going to be no food. Uh, you know, we can go through all of the bleakness. I mean, Russia saying they're going to bomb us and they, they're going to blow up this one and that one. And, and it's like the big bad wolf huffing and puffing. And I'm not saying the big bad wolf doesn't have the means or the power to do some of the things they've threatened. But this one thing I know. I've given my life to Jesus. I trust him. I trust him. Do you trust him today? Through the changes? In Romans 8. And 14 it says, For as many as are led of the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. You see, in Colossians, I read where it said he was the first begotten. I remembered when somebody shared that with me. They said, I want you to know that Jesus was created. I said, really? They said, yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, he, he's just a brother like the rest of us. They said, because it said he was the first begotten. And I remember that really, that, that really floored me for a little bit. And I went back to my past because I was a young man in the Lord. I was young once. So my wife thought, you know, but now we're all together. So she stuck with me. 
But the fact of it is, is that I, I, I remember running back to the past said, Oh, pastor, I got to show you this scripture. And it, it really, it says, it said, who was in the image of the indivisible God, the firstborn of every creature? I don't understand that. He said, let me ask you this. If you own the Boston Red Sox and you decided to be, to, to declare yourself the manager, would you have the right to do that? I said, yeah, I guess I would. He said, well, I want you to know that Jesus owns it all. And if he wants to declare himself the first begotten, then he has the right to be the first begotten. But there is a meaning in this, that when he became a human, and he became a human, he became the first son of many sons to come. And that's you and me. Because I want to read that scripture again in Romans 8, 14. It said, for as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In Galatians 4, 6. And, and because ye are sons, God hath sent his, uh, forth his Spirit of his Son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Jesus became the first son. What? Because it was the first of many to come. And that was you and me. Isn't that wonderful? He said he's made us heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. He made us human. Do you know that he'll bear the marks in his hands for eternity? That'll never go away. Why? Because he'll still have that human resemblance. And so will we. God made us human, but then he said, not only did I make them human, but sin, of course, has corrupted them. But I'm going to come, and I'm going to show them the way to become perfect humans. That is to die to self. In Philippians 2 and 15, he said that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. You see, the gospel did not come to create peace. The gospel came to, to create war. War with darkness. Jesus said, I did not come to you to bring peace into the world, but I've come to bring division. He said, Mother will be against daughter. Against You'll see the turmoil and the breakup even in your family when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why sometimes it's hard to want to speak the word of God because you know when you do that, it's going to create a war. It's going to create a war with the, with the forces of this earth and this world. And sometimes maybe we just don't feel like fighting. But God sent us into the world. Amen. To be agents of God. That our light would shine. And I'm going to tell you that when your light shines, the 
evil will be manifest. Turn on the light, and all of a sudden you see the evil deeds. I remember way back before I knew the Lord, you'd go into a bar room, and at 1 o'clock in the morning, because, or, or midnight, they'd turn on all the lights, and people would stagger out into the sidewalk looking for darkness. Why? Because the light is, is it, it, sin repels light. And John, in 1 John 3 and 2, it said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear that we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for, he sh uh, for we shall see him as he is. You're going to have a, a human form throughout eternity. Somebody said to me, well, what is that human form going to look like? Well, you know what? We don't see it all today, but we'll see him as he is. But this one thing I know, he'll bear the scars throughout eternity. We'll know him from the scars. The Bible said when he comes back, he'll put his foot upon the Mount of Olives. The Jews will see the scars, and they'll fall and say, the one that we crucified, he is the true Redeemer. The Bible said they'll wail and they'll lament and they'll ask him to forgive them for their error. He'll always have those scars. I want to read a few more verses here, verses 7 through 12. And therefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if we will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the day of sin or provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Let me tell you what, this world is a wilderness. The fact that you've been brought out of Egypt is a, is a type of being brought out of the world into a journey. I want you to know that, that, that Canaan or the promised land was not a picture of heaven. There's going to be no, no giants in heaven. There's going to be no, no devil in heaven. But there was plenty of that in the promised land, wasn't there? You know what that promised land represents? It represents yours and my journey. And he said, don't be like them. Don't let your heart fail you. He said, harden not your heart in verse 8. Of Hebrews chapter 12. As in the provocation in the days of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers, uh, your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. It was not God's intent for them to wander for 40 years. But because of the, the hardness of their heart. He goes on in verse 10 to say, Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. You see, what is he saying? Why is that there? It's there to teach you that don't repeat. The reason that story is in the Bible is to teach us not to repeat it. 
It's easy to get caught up in the cares of this world. It's easy to look around us and say, surely we're doomed. The one thing that happened when Moses took them uh, across the Jordan River, I mean, when he took them through the Red Sea, I'm sorry, and there they faced their first body of water, two and a half million, it depends on who's counting, but it's a lot of people. And the very first thing that they found was that the water was bitter. Well, if it was the Lord, it should all be wonderful. If it's God, it should be wonderful. No, that water was bitter. And the people begun to murmur. And the Bible says that God went, uh, that Moses went to God and he told him about the problem. He says, take a piece of wood. I believe it was Shittim wood. He said, and take that and throw that into the water. And the water, how many know that's a type of the cross? And throw that into the water and the bitter water will become sweet. I want to show that God will provide for his people. It was a miracle that God was able to provide for them in that wilderness experience. Who would ever think, I mean, if you were going to send two and a half million soldiers into war, you would have to first think about the provisions uh, that they would need. I think of when Hitler sent his armies up into Russia, many of them froze to death. The provisions for them were inadequate, and they, they really lost the war up there. There because of inadequate provisions. But Moses is trust in the Lord. You know, we don't have to know everything. God says do it. We ought to believe and do it. He said, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. He says, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. I'm going to tell you, what, what, what keeps us, what hinders us from entering into the rest of God? What hinders me? You know, that's a good question to ask the Lord. Lord, what hinders me from, from entering into all that you have from my life? You know, and God will share with you. I want to enter into his rest. So I swore in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. And he goes on to this, says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart, even unbelief and doubting from the living God. See, that's an evil heart. When you say, oh, I don't know if, that, if, if God would do that. I, can't, I look back and I say, you know, I prayed for a long time for that. And obviously it's just not something God can do or will do. I want you to know something. That's an evil heart. If there's any hindrance at all, it's never with God. It is always something that we need to look inward. And we need to say, Lord, what is it that hinders me and keeps me? from all that you have from my life. So we don't want to revisit the mistakes of those who hardened their hearts in unbelief. This, like everything else in Scripture, is a message from the Holy Spirit. 
And it applies today just as much as it applied when it was first written to the people of Israel. In Psalms 85, 80, it said, I will hear what, the, what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace into his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Don't let them turn to folly. I've watched over the many years of pastoring people turn back to the world for, for various reasons. Maybe it's, un, it, it's unmet, unreal and unmet expectations that, that you conjured up that God never intended on answering. We can't manipulate God. But I promise you this, God knows what's best for you more than you do. Oh, that takes a trust. Father, I don't understand. Why was I born me? Why couldn't I have been somebody else? Well, you know what? God said, because I know what I'm doing. We need to celebrate who God made us to be. Somebody's always going to sing better. Someone's always going to preach better. Someone's always going to outrun somebody else. But you know what? We need to learn to rest in the Lord. We need to look at what is around us and see the gift in it rather than to look over it for something else. We need to see the beauty that's before us. This is an old saying, if you can't live today, you never will. If you can't live today, you never will. Because there is no station out there that, that well, oh, it'll all come to pass, you know. And when I retire, then I'm going to do this and that. And the, I want to tell you this, throw all that right out. I trust you, Lord. It's a journey. This is not my home. You know, we, we, we can fur line the hog pen, put black lights in and posters and make everything look cool. I think that's the 70s. Shows my age. But the fact of it is, and what we need to understand in that, is this is not my home. I'm so journeying through a, through a strange land. My home is yet to come. Jesus said, I go to build a room for you, a mansion. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to build. And then when it is finished, my father will say, go ahead and get your bride. Son, you're finished. Amen. So we need to understand that. We need to keep our focus in line with the Word of God and with what He says. I'm going to tell you this right now. When we can learn to thank God for what is around us. Maybe it's a haystack. And you climb into that on, on a fall evening when the frost is biting at the grass. And, you, and the heat of your body opens up that cavern and makes it warm. 
Could we not thank God for the haystack? Could we say, Lord, wherever I am, I know you're there. Lord, let me see the beauty in everything. And many times people don't have because they can't appreciate what they do have. We complain about relative. We complain about this. We complain about that. You know, God hates complaining and murmuring. In Revelation 2 and 7, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. To him that, that overcome will I give to eat the, of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You know, God is still that song, Come and dine the Master, calleth, come and... I want to say, He's calling today. Will you feast at Jesus' table? Will you realize the invitation is there? So many Christians live on meager rations because they don't understand that God has given you everything that you need in life. It's just you need the faith because faith is the key to unlocking the blessing. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. In Proverbs. Well, you know, I'm just an old somebody and I'm this or I'm that. Or, or, or you know, we, we're poor. That's what Gideon said. He says, Lord, he said, who are you calling a man of valor? How I many know God says, I, I, whatever I call clean is clean? And Gideon argued with him. And he says, Lord, he said, who are you speaking with? And he said, Gideon. And Gideon says, oh, Lord, let me educate you. You need to sit down. We need to have a long talk about my genealogy. As if God didn't know. And then Gideon takes the time to educate God. How many of us have tried to educate God? And he says, Lord, he says, I want you to know that my family is the poorest of all of Israel. No one's poorer than we are. We've got that tar paper shack up on the mountain. We don't even have an adequate dry, driveway to get up there. He has to, my, my dad has to park the old Jeep down there across the stump near the road. And we have to walk a mile into the woods because things are pretty bleak and we're pretty poor. He said, and I got something more to tell you, Lord. He says, I'm poorer than they are. Do you know you can't argue with the Lord? He says, Gideon, he didn't listen to that. How many know God comes to choose the brokenhearted? He comes to, to, to find those that are discarded by the world, those that are overlooked. Those that are not esteemed in the earth. He said, I come for those. Jesus said this. He said, how many lawyers have we among us? Talking to the congregation. Not one was there. He said, why? Because they have their reward. He said, they seek preeminence. When they pray, he said, they, they pray in public so people can see them. They're greedy and they love money. And they're dishonest and they're corrupt. 
But he said, you are different. I took you out of the hollow. I took you when you were, when you were a child that was discarded from your mother's womb and, and left bleeding and dying with the biblical cord still hanging out there, bloody yet, and I took you up. That's what he said about Israel. And I took you up and I nurtured you like my own. In Micah 6.1 it says, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. You know, the Bible says, if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed. He said, hear now what the Lord saith. Arise, get up. Contend thou before the mountains and let the, let the hills hear thy voice. I'm going to tell you what he said. My word will not come back unto me void. It will accomplish what it was sent forth to do. And blessed are the feet of they who preach the gospel. For how will the hills hear unless somebody will preach it? Speak to the hills. When's the last time we spoke to a hill? You see, what the Lord is saying is that you are the dynamo, you are the power, I've invested it all in you, you are my, little, my kingdom on this earth. You are the governing force of my kingdom. I've delegated it to you. I've made you ambassadors in my kingdom to this whole world. We're not just here to bite our nails and, 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 and to hope. We're here to reign. Jesus said, be as I am. We're here to reign. We're here to, to bind. We're here to loose. We're here to, to, to pray. We're here to speak. Ahab said to Elijah, Elijah, he said, you trouble Israel. And Elijah looked at him and says, no, 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 uh, uh, no, it is not me. But it is you, Jezebel, and those prophets of Baal that you brought in. That's what trouble. I'll tell you what's troubling this world today is sin. It troubles. But God brings peace. And we're the peacekeepers. We're, we're the ones. You know, they say the United Nations is the peacekeepers. I'm going to tell you what. It's the body of Christ that's the peacekeepers. We're the reason that the devil can't do all that he wants to do. Believe me, he, he's in turmoil and said, how come I have been working at this one world order? I've been working on this. What is it that hinders me? It's the church. Not true. It's the church. 
And that's what we need to understand and we need to realize. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light that's not hidden under a bushel, but it's on the candle stand. And it angers the devil. Let me tell you something. If Satan could crush this church, he'd have done it a long time ago. Because you are his enemy. Because you're the offspring of Christ. That's why the liberals don't like you. Because you're in the way. That's why they do everything. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Feel sorry for them because they're on the losing side. Think about that. They're on the losing side. Because they could do nothing to me except that God give them permission to do it. And if God gives them permission, so be it. Because I belong to him anyway. Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. The next thing we need to do is encourage one another. We need, to, we need to be cheerleaders for each other. You can do this, man. You can do this. That's my message. You can do this. It says, but exhort, in verse, in verse 13 of Hebrews 3, it says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And the word exhort there means to, 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 be, to correct if necessary. All scriptures are given by inspiration of God and is profitable for correction, for instruction. But we do it in love. We do it in love. We don't triad with other people about the problem of another person unless we feel powerless. You can always know when somebody feels powerless because they're talking to you about somebody they should be talking to. But the Bible says we need to speak. We need to believe. In the things of the Lord. Amen. And in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Like I said earlier today, we need to stop looking back at the, at, at the weaknesses of the past. And we've got to say, this is a brand new beginning. This is the day the Lord has made. When I said I was retiring from this church, I literally stepped out because God said, now you need to step back in because this is something brand new. The old is, is done away and all things become new through Jesus Christ, my Lord. In Isaiah 43 and 19, it said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. All oh, the store shelves. Are, he said, I will make a way in the wilderness and I will make a river in the desert. Isn't that wonderful? 
He says in Isaiah 43, 18, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. See, that's what the devil always wants to do, is to bring you to past failures, rub them in your face, and tell you you'll never, ever go on, because you never could, and you never will. And I want you to know that is the enemy of your soul. Because we've become partners of Christ if only we hold, hold our first confidence firm to the end. Our faithfulness will show that we are now sharing in Christ. We look at the need for faith. We need to have that faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You need to fill yourself with this word. You need to know this word because this word is what will put the faith in your heart. When you read this word and you, you realize, you see, that's what I'm doing this morning is I am taking the pages, the, the, the words off of this page, and I'm bringing putting the pneuma with it and speaking it and making it spirit. The Bible said the letter killeth. As long as it lays on this page, it brings no life. But when it is spoken through the Spirit of God, it brings life. How miraculous that is. So we got to stop leaving it on the page and begin to, to, to read the Word and to let the Word become spirit. Thank you, Lord. I think my page went away. God knows. So we have to look at this. Do the worries of this life take my attention away from Jesus? Do I have courage in Christ? And do I take pride in the hope that he gives? Are there any traditions in my life that might make me less responsive to Jesus? Do I encourage others by meeting together? Am I holding tight to the faith? Or is my confidence slipping little by little? Oh, Lord God, I'll tell you what, if you keep your heart in this word, if you keep this in your word, if you will just take this scripture and be, go out and, be, and with courage and begin to speak to the hills. God can do what we can't do and will do what we can't do. But Harvest Hills Church could say, well, we're waiting on God. And God said, what do you mean? I've been waiting on you. Are you willing to take hold of the word of God and believe? Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. God is good. Faithful, righteous. I'm going to read two verses and then we're going to go ahead and close. He said, 
Let us, therefore, this is in chapter 4 of Hebrews 1 and 2. He said, let us, therefore, fear, lest they promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, uh, profited them not being mixed, uh, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, shall I find any faith when I come back? He was pretty frustrated. I'm going to tell you this right now. It's up to us today. God is doing a new thing. You can't go back to 2019. It's all brand new. We're, we're, on, we're on a journey. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what inflation might do to this nation. I don't know what the liberal mind might do to this nation. But I know that Jesus is faithful. And I don't have to figure all that out. That, that is something that the Lord will, will deal with. But I need to deal with what's before me. And I need to thank God for what I have. An inventory. To say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord for my imperfect family. Thank you Lord for each other. Amen. And that we can stand together and believe together. Because there's people that will leave the church. Well, I don't like so-and-so, so I'm leaving the church. You know what? I guarantee you, you'll find the same personality in the next church because God is trying to do something inside of you. <laughs> oh, Lord God, help us. Help us, Lord God, I pray not only to follow you, Lord God, but to be obedient unto you, to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is speaking expressly to his church today. Isaiah. Amen. I'm going to just close with that right there. Jesus name but I just want you to know that there's some great things coming and when I mean great I don't mean the way you might think I don't mean you're going to get three scoops of ice cream on that cone but I want you to know something that it will be God's will and we'll be a part of that and someday, Jeremy, and all of you, and Brian, and, and Dana, and everyone, won't it be wonderful there? When we say, you know something, Dana, we made it. Isn't that great? Woohoo! Oh, we put up with a mess down here. We went, we waded through all of that stuff, but we were, we persevered. And now, for eternity, we'll be with Jesus. Oh, Paul said this present suffering, not even to compare with the glory and all that is in store for his people. 
So be encouraged today, my people. Be encouraged in the Lord. And know that these are wonderful days that we live. And we can celebrate that and enter into His rest and walk in His rest. And know that God's doing a perfect walk, uh, will and work in my life and in yours. I don't know how to end this thing. I feel like a, uh, I feel like a, an old Model A. You know, they, they say that they're hard to get them started, but once they get started, they shut them off and they keep going up, 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 up. <laughs> God's good. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Lord.